The following program is sponsored by Tiptree Fruit Growers and Preservers. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the podcast from World Radio Gardening. This edition brought to you by Wilkin and Son. While we look to the future of strawberry growing, we've been speaking about it in previous podcasts, but now the new building at Tiptree is up and running. Find out more with Ken Crowther in just a moment. We'll be talking frosts and fruit trees and gin yet to come here on this programme. But first of all, Ken Crowther has been speaking to Anton Thurgood about the new weatherproof structure that is the future when it comes to strawberry growing. It's polythene clad. Um, It's as big as what I would think is a large greenhouse, but it just happens to be polythene clad. And here we have... I don't know whether anybody can hear it in the background, but there's a whirring sound, a little whirring sound, isn't there? <laughs> and we have racks of planted troughs of strawberries going up and down. Tell we, us more. We do. We're, we're really pleased that we've now got to this stage. It's taken a long time because, of course, the weather goes against us. We always talk about the weather, um, but it went against us when we were putting up the new uh, structure. We're the first in the UK to have this. No one else has it. Um, and it's great to see it planted. And the next thing is going to be having fruit on it. <laughs> now, I've, I've been peeking underneath the plants there, and it's a mixture of coir and perlite in really what is like a gutter. And the gutters have um, tubes going in the tops of them. They've got tubes coming out the bottom <laughs> of them. And in fact, um, to see them going up and down is quite funny because I suppose in a, a, in a down position, they're in a picking and working position. Yes. Right. Yeah. And the other one is the other one, which is what only how much between the two two troughs? Say, when they're uh, separated to one higher, one lower, there's probably about a meter and a half or so between them. But then half of that when they're together. Correct. Yes. So in fact, what you've done is you've doubled the amount of fruit capacity we should have we should hope to achieve in in a normal year you'd get about 50 tons per hectare with the new tunnel system we should get about 125 tons per hectare that's 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 the theory wow i mean that's really pushing it up and in fact you've planted at different amounts of plants per unit to actually just trial it this year we have it's important that we don't go um, too over the top with it it's great but because we're the first in the uk we want to test different plants different products different density planting as well just to make sure that we're as efficient as we can be i i, I just think it's super now that the water runs out the bottom doesn't it? It's got yes. these pipes that yep. come out the bottom because you also, you always recycle everything, don't you? Here, yeah, sustainability is important, and we've gone from having um, steel frames where the water would drip through onto gutters and then into the new system. So recollecting any runoff, any water, and we've got the same on the roof. We've got guttering on the roof, so any of the rainwater we can still recollect that as well. I notice there's a tunnel because most tunnels don't have vents, but this one's got vents as well. It does. It, it's it's like a giant Meccano set. If you can imagine metal Meccano set with fruit in it, that's kind of what it is. But when the humidity gets high, the roof will open, release the humidity. Um, it's great for that as well. Because that doesn't happen in the smaller tunnels, does it? No. Humidity is a problem with, with mildews and things, isn't it, it? It is. We do have that issue because we have grass on the floor as well. Um, you get the dew in the morning, you get the uh, the humidity high. It all affects it. We have to lift the sides, lift the ends, whereas this will be automated uh, and controlled that way. So not as much human intervention. 
they're now level. It's fascinating, isn't it? <laughs> and now I couldn't walk between the rows, no, could I, at no, all? No, We're not looking for super thin pickers. I think when the guys come back to start the season and pick, they'll look and be a bit frightened when they see it level. <laughs> <laughs> Will it be level? Where, it's level when they're growing, actually, isn't it? Yeah, so we can adjust it dependent on the heat and everything. So you, what you're trying to do is... Um, bring on the season earlier not necessarily extend it but as you mentioned earlier it's basically a plastic glass house and that's what we're going for so it's the first in the country it's very experimental so really what my next visit should be when the fruit's here and see whether you're actually getting the yeah. capacity of fruit that's required so long as we are then you're more than welcome to come and look <laughs> i just can't wait as far as i'm concerned strawberry time is the best time of the year and the longer strawberry time lasts, the better. Sponsored by Tiptree Fruit Growers and Preservers. You're listening to the latest podcast from World Radio Gardening, and we concentrate again on fruit, frosts and fruit trees this time. Ken Crowther has been catching up with Lucy Chamberlain from Donnyland Hall. We have had some frosts, yeah, which has been good because I have... Um really been waiting for the frost because I'm trying to manage the fruit garden not organically because I do need to use pesticides where I need to but at the same time a good hard frost really really helps to kill off pests and diseases lingering in the soil so what I did um, a couple of weeks ago was removed all the mulch from the fruit cage so the soil was bare and exposed and these frosts have really penetrated down three four inches which has been really good for things like um, we, we have um, plum moth and apple sawfly and codling moth all those sorts of things which can overwinter in the soil um, so I'm hoping that that will have knocked them on the head I have also as I say I'm not organic I have also been doing winter washes on the fruit trees and there's just enough time to do that um, you need to get those on the trees before the buds start bursting um, our almond is in full flower at the minute, so I can't do anything do with that. that. But all the apples and the pears, I have given a winter wash with. And you, you can get one that's an organic-based spray, so it's not too hard. It helps. It's not as good as the... I hate to say it, It's not as good as our good old no, tarry ones. That I know, it's not. It's but, not, but we've that, moved on. Absolutely, that's it. So, so hopefully... The, the fruit cage, as I say, pest and disease-wise, has been catered for. And I'm also been feeding the fruit plants. Because, Getting them ready for spring. Yeah, I put sulphate of potash around the bases of all of the bushes and the trees because that takes a little while to work in the soil. It takes a few weeks to actually become active. It's got so to by the time we get to warmer weather in March, yes. you will, we'll be there, won't yeah, we? Yeah, because we are at Donaldland Hall. We're on very light, sandy soil. So the nutrient status of the soil can be quite poor. We, we have to feed every year in order to keep things topped up. If you're on a clay soil, don't reach for the fertiliser packet each spring because you might not need to. It's money thrown away. And also, if you over-apply fertilisers to plants, A, it can damage their roots by scorching them. And also, it can be environmentally harmful because if you get then heavy rain and the nutrients are washed into the ponds and streams and rivers, that can cause problems with um, deoxygenation of the water and various problems there. So... Don't always have to feed, but at the same Not time, <laughs> we do on Donald Hall, yes. Yeah, so I've been a busy bee. How are you going to control peach leaf, Carl? Because we've got a problem there, oh, haven't we? Well, do you know what? That is a really good question because I have, um, in the winter, I, we have a, a fan-trained peach, uh, a nectarine, and also an almond, which probably is, and, and, and apricots, which don't tend to get it quite so badly, but the peach and the nectarine. They do, don't they? They do. And what I did, I've, <laughs> I sprayed in the, in the winter with copper when the leaves had fallen, and that helps to control against um, peach leaf curl and also bacterial canker, which they can get as well. So as soon as the leaves fall, give them a spray there. And then again, just before they 
burst into buds. So at the moment, I gave them another quick spray of copper, which physically stops the spores from germinating. But also, I've actually covered the trees with the help of my husband. That helps, doesn't it? Yeah, in, a poly in polythene sheeting. With their, I mean, they're big, big trees, and it was no easy task. They're like four metres wide and three metres high. So to get a polythene sheet to cover the whole tree was quite hard, but then they're wall trained. And so we've managed to make a support that sticks out from the wall about a foot and goes straight down to the ground from the top of the tree. And what that does, it keeps the tree dry so that when the leaves emerge, the spores don't have any moisture from peach leaf curl to germinate. So the leaves can emerge completely unhindered by the disease. And fingers crossed, fingers and toes crossed and eyes crossed, we get a good crop. And it's a good reminder, isn't it, that actually it's a great time to get out there and buy soft fruit and oh, yes. top fruit, apples, pears, green gauges, plums. Oh, green, I can't be a lovely, I love green gauges. I've got such a thing for them. There's one coast golden drop, early transparent gauge. They're so honeyed and yellow and sweet and delicious. And um, yeah, like you say, it's a good time to get them into the ground now. And nurseries are still selling bare root plants. Um, and I, they will actually start selling them off a bit cheaper at the end of the month. So, so look out for that as yeah, well. Yeah, get bag yourself some bargains. Bargains? We're all looking for bargains. I'll drink to that. Lucy Chamberlain from Donnyland Hall talking with Ken Crowther for World Radio Gardening. Sponsored by Wilkin & Sons. Established in 1885. Well, we're all interested in new products, and Ken Crowther has been showing this latest new product from Wilkin & Son a little more attention than normal. It's hardly surprising. He's been speaking to Liz. It's little scarlet strawberry gin liqueur. It's using our little stra little scarlet strawberries, which we grow here on the on the farm. They're very unique to us, as you know. I'm sure you're well aware that they're very tiny, small. They are very, very tiny, flavoursome berries, and we're the only ones crazy enough to grow them. But they produce a wonderful flavour. And we we sent some berries to a local gin distillers just up the road, seven miles up the road, Haymans in Whitham, uh, to produce a, a gin. Gin liqueur. So this is the, the result. And it is a lovely little bottle. It, it's, yes. uh, can I say it's a squatty bottle? Because yeah. it is, isn't it? Yes, it's 35 centilitres. So it's a nice, fits in the palm of your hand. It's a lovely, a lovely sized bottle. What, why is it, um, can I ask why it says it's made by margarine? Yes, very good question. It's Marjorie is the um, ancestor at Heyman's. There was a grandmother, Heyman, who the copper still in which the the gin is distilled was made so it's we've we've added a, a lovely label at the top saying made by marjorie which refers back to both the the copper still in which it was made and also grandma Heyman from the ancestry of, of Heyman's where it was so made. it's got a nice bit of history it to has it. yes and actually also as you drink the gin um when you try it, you'll you'll see on the on the back label there's a, a map of the farm, uh, which will slowly reveal as as you drink the liquid. So you'll get to see a bit of the the provenance where it's where it's come from. That's fa that's absolutely nice intriguing. I mean, I suppose in today's um, you know way of uh, we drink different things, we're always looking for something a little bit different. And to add little scarlet to a gin saves me going out and picking slows and making slow gin but but right. you know that brings me on to I mean where do you stop because you've done little scarlet could you try anything else yes well we're we're looking at some other flavors in the pipeline ah. so other other English variants so an English raspberry and an English damson oh damson would be close to my slow gin then yes won't it? it will yes now, will it be a rich color have you tried it yet or is it trialed yes we we've just got some samples in which we're trying um very soon the damson is a lot. You'll see the little scarlet. It's a lovely red colour. It's soft, the, soft red. Yes, isn't it? it is. Yes, and the damson is a richer, deeper purple. So it's got yes, rich, deep notes with a um, an almond undernote. 
That sounds gorgeous. Yes. So yes, when when are you nice. you know come on when when are they going to appear as well for us to try? They're very soon. We're the the raspberry will be ready very shortly, but the damson may take a bit longer because the the fruit takes a bit longer to rest for the the process for that gin is a bit longer. So I shall keep you posted. But at the moment, it's just the little scarlet strawberry. And how much will this retail at? Because that's obviously quite an important factor, isn't yes, it? Yes, yes, it's nineteen ninety nine. It's sold in our shop here at the moment, just very locally and to a few local um, pubs and, and restaurants. Locally. That's rather nice, so, isn't it? Yes, yes. And we're we're recommending it can be drunk in three different ways. Um, so it's a gin liqueur. You can drink it on the rocks, just with ice, with as a fruit gin spritzer, uh, adding your favourite mixer tonic uh, etc or um, as a fruit gin royale with prosecco or champagne that sounds absolutely super i don't know what i'll go for i think i'll go for the street yes on the rocks my favorite yes cheers ken ken crowther sampling one of the new products from wilkin and son well that brings us to an end this latest edition of the podcast from world radio gardening keep listening and visiting our website for details of the next program This programme was sponsored by Tiptree Fruit Growers and Preservers, established in 1885.